I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. That's the word of the living God. Listen to him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day and this time and this place where we can meet together to worship you, to honour you, to encourage one another in the duty of Christian parenthood, and to hear from you. And we ask now through your Holy Spirit that you would speak to us this morning, that we'd hear your still small voice, that whatever is said through the human voice, we would hear the voice of the living God and we would respond in faith and obedience. Lord, transform us as we meet and sit in your presence this morning. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I want to talk about being partners in the gospel, being partners in this good news about Jesus, being partners in this ministry of living and sharing the reality of the crucified, buried, and risen Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God incarnate, the King of the world. Have you ever received a gift that you didn't deserve? I mean, they, you know, we can buy gifts for each other as married couples, and we've, we've worked hard, we've earned the money, and, and uh, sort of we, we've earned it, we sort of we pay for the gift. Last Christmas, I got a couple of gifts that I hadn't earned, I hadn't worked for, it was just out, out there. I had some, a lovely gift to go to the movies, and Janine and I went and saw a movie that she wanted to see this time, <laughs> and uh, we had a lovely time, but we didn't pay for it, we didn't earn it, it was just a gift that was given to us. And then we went out for a lovely uh, uh, meal and uh, coffee at a coffee club because somebody else had given this lovely gift of a voucher to the coffee club. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. It was just a free gift given. Have you experienced the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Because you see, as partners in the gospel, we're partners in grace, a free, undeserved gift from God. Have you received this gift of forgiveness? Have you received this gift of restored relationship? Have you received God's and experienced God's favor towards you? Because that's what grace is. God's attitude towards you is one of grace. He wants to give you not what you deserve for your rebellion against Him, not what you deserve for your sin and for your hatred towards Him, 
and the little things as well as the big things. But his attitude towards you in Jesus, who took the judgment for your sin, is one of grace, is one of favor, is one of forgiveness. But have you received it? Have you enjoyed it? I could have received those gifts of a, a movie and a, and a coffee club and they could still be sitting on my desk and I would never have enjoyed the experience if I hadn't received it, done something about it. Have you repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and so become partners in grace? As we move towards Partnership Sunday, we're reminded that we are partners together in grace. We're all on the same level. We receive this free gift of forgiveness and salvation and restitution with God through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not something we haven't earned or deserved. It's something we've received. You see, so often when people read that first statement, as Paul writes to the Philippians, to all God's holy people, they stop there and think, well, I'm not holy. How can I be part of the church? And, and they're just holier than thou people. But it's holy people in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Outside of Jesus, I'm not holy. I'm not clean. I'm not pure. But in Christ, his blood cleanses me from my sin. And his life restores my brokenness. In Christ, I'm set apart for a special purpose. And that's a free gift. And so he goes on to say, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you received this grace, this favor of God, and this wholeness, this peace of God that's made possible through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection? Partners in ministry here at Outlook are people who've experienced this grace. As Paul goes on to say, all of you share in God's grace with me. You see, sometimes we can think that you have to be perfect to be part of that, but the reality is we're all broken people who have experienced the grace of God. Here's the Apostle Paul. He said, you've all shared in God's grace with me. I was a religious hater. I was very religious, but I hated anybody who followed Jesus, and I actually murdered them. I stood by and watched the first Christian martyr be stoned to death. I approved of it. Even me, this murderer. I was putting Christians in prison, these followers of Jesus, these followers of the way in prison. But I met Jesus and I've experienced this grace. Your partners together in this grace, this favor of God, something I didn't deserve. And then in this church at Philippi, the Paul's writing to this Lydia. She was a very wealthy businesswoman. She was a dyer of cloth, purple cloth. But she was broken inside as well. I remember the first pastor I worked as an associate pastor to as a student pastor uh, was Colin, and his wife was Patty. And uh, before he was a pastor, he was the director of Nilex Corporation in Australia. He said, sometimes people think of the down and outs, but they forget about us, the up and outs. He said, we were the up and outs. We had everything. We had everything, but we were still broken, and the bottles seemed to cover all that until they met Jesus. 
till they met Jesus and their life was transformed and they sold up everything, put the little that they left with in a little VW and it came to train to be a pastor and to tell people about Jesus. God so transformed their lives. They were like a, a Lydia. And then another person in this church at Philippi was the jailer who, who was about to commit suicide, to commit Harry Carey. Here's a guy who's about to commit suicide and he's met Jesus through Paul and Silas, who even in prison were worshipping and serving God. He'd experienced this grace. And in this same church, there was not only Lydia, but there was a servant girl who was, had been demon-possessed, who'd brought great lots of money to her owners as a slave girl, because the evil spirits within her would help her to prophesy, say things, and do things that would win them favor. And yet she got delivered from this demonic oppression in her life. And so Paul says, all of you share in God's grace with me. None of us deserve this relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's been made possible through Jesus Christ. Have you experienced God's grace and peace? You see, because there's nothing special about any partners at Outlook. We're all broken in different ways. We've all disobeyed and sinned in different ways, but we've all experienced the same grace and the same favor and the same peace and wholeness that comes through putting our faith in the one who died and rose again from the dead. If you haven't ever received that, I want to invite you to do that today. After the service, when everybody else is having coffee, I've asked uh, Ross Edzard, just come and sit down the front here. And if you've never prayed a prayer or made a commitment of your life to Jesus and experienced his grace and the healing of your brokenness, whatever that brokenness might be, that you might come today and experience that. He'd like to uh, give you a little booklet and just go through a little booklet to help you understand, give you an opportunity to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. When everybody else is chatting and talking and having a great time, would you just slip away and come and sit down here and say, what John talked about, I want to talk to you about. And uh, he'll understand, he'll take it from there. You see, at Outlook, we're partners in the grace of God. And we're set apart for God's purpose. We are God's holy people, not because we are some sort of special or we're perfect or we've never sinned, or we've never done nothing wrong, as if we're just sort of up there. No, no, like Paul is saying, we're all sharers in this grace of God. And in Christ, We've been set apart for God's purpose. We've been changed. We've been transformed. We're partners in grace. Not only that, we're now partners in growth. It's not just to be born as little Lucy was, but it's to grow, and she's growing and getting her own mind <laughs> and uh, running around and doing different things, and we're partners in growth. Being confident of this, Paul says that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. You see, Christ is committed to transforming your life. It's not just rescuing you so you can go to heaven. It's rescuing you so you can become more and more like Jesus. And then one day he'll present you to his Father complete and perfected. Are you cooperating with the Spirit of God in your life? 
through the situations and the circumstances, the good and the bad and the ugly that happens in your life, will you see God behind them? And will you respond to Him in faith that God is seeking to mold you? As a potter molds the clay, and if it's not quite right, he breaks it down and he molds it together until it becomes a beautiful pot. So God is molding your life to make you something beautiful that he can present to Father. The Holy Spirit is working in your life if you will cooperate with him and not be hard-nosed. Not be like a horse or a mule that needs to be pulled, but be malleable like clay and open to what the Spirit of God is trying to do in your heart. And then he goes on to say, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Not only what you understand about God through his word, but you will, you'll also grow in discernment in discernment, because you can have knowledge without discernment. You can have knowledge without wisdom. And his prayer is that we grow in both, because God is at work in you, so that you know more of God and know more of his word, and also know more how that applies in your life and in your behavior, so that you may be able to discern what is best, and you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Those two words, pure and blameless that you might develop moral purity in your life, in your relationships. And you might be blameless. That is not a stumbling block to others. Not only in your own life become more and more what Jesus wants you to be, but in how you treat others that you, don't, you are not a stumbling block to them. Are you growing? We're partners in growth. And that's why he finishes in verse 27. It says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. You see, it's not just a matter of getting my sins forgiven and then I can just go and live as I please. No, if you've truly experienced God's grace and God's healing and God's peace in your life, then your desire will be to love him and obey him and to live for him. And so we're partners in God's growth in your life. So those moral things in my life that I used to think, well, everybody else is doing it and nobody else thinks that's bad, you're saying it doesn't matter whether the majority think this way. The issue is what does God say? How does he want me to live? How does he want me to treat people? How does he want me to speak? How does he want me to treat my girlfriend? How does he want me to treat my wife? How does he want me to treat my children? I might have been brought up in an abusive family, but is that how he wants me to be as a parent? I might have come out of a bad relationship, but is that how he wants me to be in the next? We're partners in growth so that you will discern what is best and maybe pure, pure and blameless, not a stumbling block to others and more like Jesus and growing in our moral, spiritual integrity in our own life. Partners in growth. How do we know how we should live? That's the purpose of reading his word, to discern what God thinks, not what all the media thinks or not all what our friends think 
or not what the community thinks, or not what the magazines think, but what does God think? We're partners in growth. And then I don't know whether you realize this, but Paul says we're actually also partners in suffering. We're partners in suffering for the gospel. He says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. I'm most likely in prison, Paul is in Rome, and awaiting execution. But he says, to live is Christ and to die is gain, and I don't know which one to choose. If I die, then I'll be with Jesus, so that's awesome. And I'm looking forward to that. But to live is more useful to you, to help you to, in your faith and to help you to grow. And so he says, I think, you'll, I, think I still have more work to do and he's going to leave me alive. But I'm suffering because of the gospel. And then he says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but to also suffer for him. Since you were going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have, it's also been granted as a gift to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe, but also to suffer for him. Now, in our society, that's very minimal, really. Maybe it's a joke here or a, a missed opportunity there, or maybe not a promotion because of your moral stand or your views on different things. But if you read the Barnabas Aid, Barnabas Fun, even just this week, of, of, as I read, of a, of a pastor, I think his, his family being put in prison and he being beheaded, things that are happening in our world right now because they believe in Jesus, because of their faith in the gospel. Are you willing to take a bit of laughter and a bit of fun, a bit of embarrassment? Because we're partners in suffering for the gospel. And sometimes things may not go our way because we're willing to stand up for Jesus. As long as it's not for our stupidity or our rudeness or things like that, but because of our faith in Jesus. We're to be partners, and it's been granted to us. If the one we follow was rebuked and crucified and suffered, and we're following his example and his life, then the Scripture says we need to expect it and not be surprised by it, and not be blown away by it, or quit or give up because of it, because we're partners in suffering. And then he says, we're also partners in sharing. Because we're partners in grace, and we're partners in growth, and we're partners in suffering, we're also partners in sharing, sharing this good news of God's grace, of God's gift of forgiveness. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Let's pray over this past week that God will increase our confidence in the Lord and give us this daringness that we'll be more prone to proclaim the gospel without fear.
isn't it? We, we don't, I don't know whether I want to let them know that I go to church. I don't want to, you know, invite them along or, you know, we've got this Dan Patterson weekend. I don't know what it'll be like and if I invite them to come, and it's not, you know, our fear stops us. Or an opportunity comes up or a question is asked, should I respond to that from a Christian worldview or not? It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. He says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and for this I rejoice, he says. And then he says, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, this spiritual solidarity, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. And as good as we come to Partnership Sunday to remind us that our name is Outlook Christian Church, that the first priority of us as partners is reaching out to those far from God, and the second is caring for one another, not the other way around. And it's hard, and it doesn't happen quickly in our society, and there's a lot against us And people sometimes are not interested. But that's why we need to pray and persist and not give up. And outlive them and outshare. And sometimes it's through suffering that opportunities come. Do you realize that today the fastest growing church in the world is in China? And yet, in my lifetime, not that long ago, there was the cultural revolution when Mao Tung burnt churches and burnt Bibles and put ministers in prison and was getting rid of all religion. And today, the church is growing faster there than anywhere else in the world. People come into Jesus. So hard times doesn't mean that the church can't grow. Sometimes it's in the soft times we've got to be worried. And they're more concerned about us, that we will not compromise the gospel. Hard times helps you to face up to what do I really believe and am I really for Jesus or not. Soft times we can sort of play the field. But we're to be partners in sharing the gospel. And we have a great opportunity coming up in March the 16th with Dan Patterson coming for a weekend. It's an apologetics, not apologizing, but giving a defense for what we believe. And this is an opportunity. Each session will have Q&A times after it so people can ask questions. So hasn't science buried God? We're going to start Saturday morning right here at uh, 9.30. And he will speak and then we'll have a Q&A time and people can ask questions. Hasn't science buried God? And then Saturday night, we're going to, how can God be real when the world is so messed up? How can you say God's a God of love? Haven't you heard this? If there's so much suffering in the world, well, that'll be the topic there. Has anybody ever talked to you or said that to you? Well, maybe this is an opportunity to say, hey, let's, let's come and consider that question. He's going to talk about this and there'll be time for Q&A, questions and answers. Let's just start the conversation here. It'll be 6 p.m. Then Sunday morning as part of our worship service, Can You Trust the Bible and Why It Matters? And we might change the program a little bit so he can speak as well, and we'll have Q&A as well there. And uh, Can You Trust the Bible? You know, is it relevant for today? And then Sunday night, Why I'm Not an Atheist. 
And uh, so that's a great opportunity. And that's why next Saturday we want to put out those core flutes. And if you can help see Christine, we want to put out 40 of them this time, double the number that we did last year. And on Facebook, and we'll have some leaflets that you can give out. You see, how people come is not primarily from the advertising. That's just to get community awareness. It's the personal invitation. All the research is done. is when somebody invites me, will you come with me? We're talking about why I'm not an atheist. I gather you're an atheist. All right, let's, go. let's hear this guy. And you can ask him some questions. Yeah, publicly, you can ask some questions. And um, you don't have to commit to anything. Just come and listen and ask some questions. Or you've been going through a hard time. Why does God allow suffering? If he's a God of love, why does this happen? Well, let's go and hear him. And uh, so be asking God to give you opportunities to talk and invite. Reconsider weekend. Because we're partners in God's grace. We're partners in growth. We're partners in suffering. And we're partners in sharing this grace and peace. That no matter the brokenness, God can heal us. And these many broken people. I remember as a young man settling up this horse. He used to be a racehorse and he was sort of put out to pasture but we used him for rounding up cattle and sheep and things like that and so at the Ag College we, we saddled up and nobody had ridden him for a while and there was no ho- other horse available and we had to go out to uh, get some uh, a mob of sheep in and, and so I thought well I'm not going to walk so I'll settle up this horse, saddle him up, he was a big fella and uh, he was good, everybody was amazed, he just stood there next to this tin shed Put on his saddle, tightened it extra tight, everything was firm, didn't move. Boy, this is going good. Everybody else has said they didn't want to ride him. You know, got the reins, put my foot in the stirrup, and I swung to about there. And then he said, no more. He went up, he went down, and the beggar tried to roll on me. He was a nasty coot. And so I jumped in the process of that and got my ankle caught and went, crack and uh, off the horse went and for the rest of that summer I had a broken foot but they had to put a cast around it and really sort of mess things up and maybe you've got some brokenness in your life well this morning Jesus is here and all of us have been broken somewhere and God's attitude towards you is one of grace will you come and ask him to heal you heal that brokenness forgive you for your sin you see there was nothing i could do the doctors put a cast around it and i just had to wait for it to heal and there's nothing you can do to forgive and restore your relationship with god but if you will receive his healing his forgiveness then I invite you, as we close in prayer, that you'll pray and ask for that. And that after the service, you'll just come down and sit here with Ross and he will get somebody to share with you, if not himself, and give you some material to help you. Because here at Outlook, there's nobody better than you, nobody worse than you. We're partners in God's grace. We've all broken people that have experienced God's grace and peace. And we're partners in growth. We're all on the process of becoming more like Jesus. And God isn't finished with us yet.
And we want to encourage each other to be bold and strong because we may need to be partners in suffering for the gospel, taking a bit of flack. And we want to encourage and help each other to be partners in sharing our faith and getting over our fear of rejection. Yes, it's sometimes hard, but as we pray for our lost people and our lost friends and as we encourage and help one another to do that and as we work together, that others may come to experience and become partners in grace with us. Let's leave that. Let's pray. Have you experienced God's healing? Has something in your life and in your past broken you? And maybe you felt you can't be part of his church or you could never be used by God or God wouldn't want you as part of his family. Well, this morning I want you to know, as Paul said, we're all receivers of God's good grace and God's peace. And where are you right now where you're sitting? Just ask him to forgive your sin. Ask him to heal your heart. And ask him to give you the gift of his Holy Spirit. And experience and begin this transformation. And become partners with us in the grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps you could pray this prayer quietly. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that your God come in the flesh. I believe you died and were buried and rose again from the dead to forgive my sin. Please forgive me and restore me and heal me. I surrender my brokenness to you and ask for your healing and restoration. I want to be part of your family forever. Father, I pray for any who have never surrendered their life to you that today will be the start of a new day in their life. And for us who have, we pray that you will help us to have a new appreciation that we're partners in this grace together. We're not better than anybody else or worse than anybody else because we're all partners in grace. We might have different stories, but we're partners in the grace of God our Father and his Son Jesus. And we're partners in growth. Lord, encourage us to want to change and be transformed by you. To put off the old habits and put on the new. And Lord, help us not to be surprised if we suffer for following you. People make fun of us. We're not invited to certain things because of our faith in you. And Lord, increase our boldness and our courage to be partners in sharing so that others would experience this healing and this transformation and this restoration in you. So thank you for the privilege of being partners in the gospel. And we pray in the name of the one who made it possible in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.